Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Learn to Retire Safe with the Retire Safe Interns. Uh, this week, we have a guest here to talk with us about uh, vaccines and the Count Me In project. But first, we're going to get our little introductions out of the way. I'm Kevin, as you all know, a public policy intern with Retire Safe. Hi, guys. I'm Lila, and I'm the communications intern at Retire Safe. Hi, everyone. My name is Maria, and I am also a public in intern at Retire Safe. <laughs> and our special guest today, Miss Jeanette Mikulski. Hi, um, I'm Janet Mikulski. I was 20 years with Pfizer running their National Alliance Development uh, function and worked extensively with the wonderful team at Retire Safe and uh, took a retirement package the end of May 2020 in the middle of a, a pandemic, which was a little bit crazy. Um, but I'm now uh, have established my own consulting firm and are still working a lot in the vaccine space. Um, pain space and a number of different areas looking to see medical research continuing and providing for all of us baby boomers and uh, that are going to really need good treatment out there. So um, I don't know. A fun fact, um, I sang the Star Spangled Banner at RFK Stadium before um, the Beach Boys came on to do the um, halftime show when it was DC United was the soccer team there. So oh, wow. there you go. That's what I do. That's amazing. Got your you got your uh, fifteen minutes of fame there, pretty much. Right? Yeah, less, but less. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, you do always keep all the words for the Star Spangled Banner in your pocket. Just in, <laughs> I never had to use them, but I knew they were there if I ever totally blanked. So. I was gonna say that reassurance can sometimes help you get through it. Yep. Well, yes, thank you for coming on today to speak with us, especially one of our interns just got the vaccine herself, the Pfizer vaccine. Oh. That's me, that's me. I have a Band-Aid, would you like to see it? No, <laughs> that's wonderful. Everybody needs it. Um, you know, we wanna get back to our real world. That's what it's gonna take. Yeah, I was actually just telling Kevin and Maria that I have a headache right now from the vaccine. So I wasn't going to talk too much, but then I wanted to like tell you that I got my vaccine. So that's how much I'm going to talk right now. Okay, continue. <laughs> well, no, no, that's good. And you know, it won't last long. The side effects are, you know, 24 hours. I, I got the Pfizer vaccine almost six weeks ago now. Um, and you know, you don't, you feel kind of yucky for maybe a day. But then you wake up the next day and you're like, yes, I'm protected. I can go back to my life. Um, I can, my, my parents are in their, almost their 90s, their late 80s and have health issues. And, and I, I need to go over and take care of them and be with them. And, and you now feel like you can because they're safe and you're safe. And so anyway, I, I that's really cool. I just had a friend come up. His uh, grandma just got vaccinated. So he was happy. He kind of gets to move a little bit more freely because he doesn't have to worry about putting her in danger. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good feeling to have. So yeah, we actually have a couple of questions related to uh, the Count Me In project and your time at Pfizer. You know, you can answer some of these questions we have. So I think one of the first ones that um, a lot of people probably would love to know is what are vaccines and how do they work exactly? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm a political science major, not a scientist, okay? So, <laughs> From a surface level. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to get... So, um, 
you know, I, I think some of the questions have really circulated around with the COVID vaccine specifically is how is it that it normally took multiple years and many, many, much, much longer time frame than what we saw for the COVID vaccine um, for a vaccine to get developed, clinical trialed, you know, all the way through the trials and then get approved. Um, why was it able to be so fast this time? And I, again, this is layman's terms as a poli-sci major, um, you know, what we saw was there had been a lot of research done, particularly in the mRNA um, area, which is what I have the most experience in because it is Pfizer's vaccine, but there are other great platforms too that were being developed to be able to address SARS and flu and so many other of the different respiratory viruses that were out there that they could really, the scientists were amazingly adept at pivoting so that they could take the research and the learnings that they had, that they were working on um, in those different areas and immediately apply them to um, the COVID-19 um, virus. And that that they that's, that's what really enabled it to happen quickly. I mean, the fact that, I mean, I think our, the evolution of science has been so amazing in the, the speed that it's moving these days that I think vaccines really show um, how that can happen. I was watching an interview the other day of Scott Gottlieb, um, who you may know, who was former commissioner of the FDA um, and is now on the Pfizer board and Illuminous, I think, is the other company. He would, somebody said to him, well, what is the issue of, we can just tweak these vaccines so that as the new variants come out, we can make them. And he said, well, I'm not sure I'd use the word tweak. Um, there's actually a fair amount of science that has to go in. But the fact that you can that you can go in and modify the vaccines um, to really mirror the viruses that are, are presenting themselves in differently mutated ways is really, really amazing. Um, and, a, and a huge credit to the scientists at at every level, whether it's the government's NIH scientists or the academia scientists or the private sector within the pharmaceutical company, it's really, as we talk about it, sort of a three-legged stool of people working, you know, to map out the genome. And, you know, it, and it was really critical that mapping the genome was vital to all of this being able to be able to move forward. Um, so I, I would just say that the reason we got a fast vaccine was in large part due to the, all of the research that had been done over the last 10, 15 years. So in some ways it did take as long as it had been previously. We were just able to utilize that research that had been being done focused on SARS and, and flu. I mean, a lot of the mRNA research was being done to try to be able to make the flu vaccines more expeditiously able to be modified to deal with mutant strains of flu, which is, um, so that's a long way of answering that question. Hopefully I stayed away from the science. I think you did great. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I know that you worked more with, uh, you know, nonprofit and ad patient advocacy groups. So I actually kind of wanted to ask, you know, uh, how can advocacy groups kind of like, you know, 
do better to convince their members to take the vaccine, some of their more skeptical ones, uh, if there are any. Uh, I know that we've kind of tried to, you know, push the count me in movement and everything and try to show ourselves getting the vaccine. But uh, how exactly do you work with, um, you know, membership better uh, in that regard? Well, if you look at um, Retire Safe is one of is a proud member of the COVID uh, project um, education and equity. It's quite a mouthful. Um, and it it's, was really to uh, provide more information for people to be able to make calm, confident decisions that getting the vaccine made sense. Um, that's the first, that's the education piece. And then frankly, the equity piece was to make sure that the vaccines were made available to everyone that needs it and particularly the most vulnerable populations where you've seen the most virus you know the most the highest incidence rates and and frankly and very sadly the highest mortality rates um which is frequently in black and brown communities agricultural communities um you know it's it's a it's a scary thought sort of what's happening so um the CVIP, as we call it, because it's easier than that long name, um, has about 180 member organizations. They are everything from patient advocacy groups to um, senior groups to uh, consumer groups to, interestingly, a lot of the food industry. Because if you think about, you have not only the workers, but they also want uh, in the food industry, whether it's a poultry farm or a sausage making or restaurants that really want their to be able to service their patient, their customers and be safe both for their employees and for their customers. So we've all been working together um, to provide information because what we found the most, what's most persuasive when people are vaccine hesitant is not to tell them they're dumb, that they think that, um, sorry but there there that's some how people talk about it but to validate that there's a there's a real um there's a legitimate there are legitimate questions that need to be answered um and that can be answered that would make people feel more confident that getting the vaccine um, made sense um and i i think that's at all ages um, and at all, you know, all ethnicities, all all levels. So we we try to provide. There's a um, a resource guide on the website that talks about how do you talk to your family about their vaccine hesitancy in a respectful, thoughtful way, where you're providing information. So we do that. We we're also we're moving into a lot more of the access role, where we're trying to help um, people figure out how to navigate to get their vaccines, get the appointments. Where do they go? How do they go? Um, we we want to talk honestly about side effects, but we don't want that to be something that makes people afraid. And then per the conversation, you have a little bit of a headache. I, I felt not great after my first Pfizer vaccine, you know, but within 24 hours it was gone and I felt great and you feel safe and you feel good. So you want to acknowledge the fact that there are side effects because you want to be honest and truthful, but you also want to say, but compared to uh, the alternative, um, I'll take the vaccine and feeling a, a little bit yucky the next day. Um, so I, I think it's education and then it's helping provide resources to let people know where they can go 
um, to get their appointments, to get their vaccines. Well, thank you very much. I'm sure we could really use that information. Um, yeah, no. So you've already kind of answered a couple of the questions we have uh, planned. Sorry. So I hate to. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I just hate to repeat stuff that you've already answered. But well, we've can got I a just couple. Say, oh. I was going to say the other thing that we've talked a lot about is, and I know Retire Safe has a, um, you know, a focus on the, the older community like myself. Um, cause, but we've also talked about how do you, how do you have the, how do you have intergenerational communications? Um, because a lot of the younger people, you know, we see this craziness that's going on down in Miami beach and kids going out and, and feeling in, you know, really very much, um, invincible. Um, and, but there are two ways to think about that. Not only are there a few people that, um, even young people that can have really very bad cases of COVID. But more importantly is how do you protect your community, whether it's your parents, whether it's your grandparents, whether it's, you know, somebody in your church, whether it's, you know, whoever it happens to be that you want to protect. And I also would say that young people need to really pay attention to if they, I, I, I have a 19 year old daughter and I, I'm trying to get her to do a TikTok. I'm sorry, those of you who are in retire safe probably don't know what TikTok is. And the only reason I know is because I have a 19 year old. <laughs> um, so she's, you know, we were talking about how do you, how do you help these young people understand that the way you get to, you know, whether they call it herd immunity or community immunity, where you, you most of your, I shouldn't say most, a number of the vaccines are 95% effective. We've all seen those numbers out there. What does that really mean? That means that 5% of the people that get a vaccine could still end up with COVID. The way you get that 95, that 5% window to close even further is if there's not a lot of virus in, in, this, in the environment around you. Because if there's not a lot of virus, then, then it can't, you can't get infected with it. And so that's what we wanna do. We wanna get to the point where our community has so little virus in that community that you then, you have very, very infinitesimal amount of risk that you're gonna get COVID. Um, and, and I, you know, that's what the young people I think need to understand. And if they wanna go back to concerts, they wanna go back to football games, they wanna go back to these things, we gotta get to community immunity. And so we all have to work together at all the generations, all the levels um, to get to the point where we can really have our society opened and going back to, you know, sort of a near normal, if not a full normal. So. I'm really glad that you touched on that, uh, that 95% immunity and what the 5% actually means. Cause there's a lot of people that think that the uh, 5% isn't 5% of the population that gets the vaccine, but it's just 5% for the person that gets the vaccine. Right. Um, and yeah, thank you for clearing that up. So uh, I know that Maria has our next question for you. So I'm gonna let her go ahead and take that away. So already someone answered this, but to clarify, what side effects do you have with the vaccine? Um, I, I had, uh, achy you know I, I it would be like I, I would describe it as if i was coming down with the flu at that ver very early stage you feel a little achy a little nauseous maybe a little feverish headachey but 
but not in the fullest extent of like when you got, it would be like the day that you're beginning to feel like you're gonna get sick. Um, but literally the next morning I woke up and it was gone. And I, I mean, I think, I think I'm probably from what I hear from people talking very much in that sort of middle, that's an average reaction. You know, I think there are some that can have it worse. And then I, my parents, as I say, who were in their late eighties had nothing, nothing either first or second. I do think also, because this is retire safe, um, the, the observation that I've heard repeated is the older you are, the fewer side effects you have. Um, which is interesting, I think. Um, and I will say my parents are a perfect example of that. Nothing, either first or second shot. Um, so I, I, all I can say is just do it. It's like bite the bullet and have your, I'm sorry for your headache, um, but I, I just feel like it'll be over soon and then you can go out and, you know, I mean, I, I, I flew yesterday for the first time in a year. I've not left my immediate vicinity in a year. And so it was so exciting to be fully vaccinated. And I still wore my mask and I still washed my hands and I did all those things, but I felt like I could, I could fly someplace that, um, and just have a change of scenery and, and still work hard. But that, that was yeah, my absolutely. experience. Absolutely. And I feel it's also um, one day of a headache. It's worth, you know, the herd immunity. Um, right. Do you, I just wanted to ask another question related to the side please, effects. Please, please. Um, what, what does that mean? What Because the CDC has explained a little bit that the side effects are actually a good sign of that the vaccine is working. So do well, you? I, yeah, I, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a tricky question because when they say it's a good sign, it's basically tricking your immune system into thinking that it's being um attacked by the virus and so you build the antibodies and so building the antibodies is what creates those side effects um the the tricky part about that is then you know my my um 24 year old who works in a, a doctor's office had no reaction and she said well what does that mean does, does that mean it's not working for me and it doesn't mean that either it's just the sensitivity level of some people's antibody responses and their immune responses. But it's, um, you know, if you're looking at the mRNA vi um, vaccines, it's, it, you're not being, you know, I, I, all the materials will tell you this, you're not being um, given the virus, you're being given a synthesized version that tricks your body into thinking you're being you know, the the virus is attacking your system and so it reacts that's why you end up with a sore arm and you get you know because it all the antibodies are, are there you know it's not both arms it's the arm that the the shot was um the vaccine was put in so um you know i i think it, it's a good thing to have some side effects but it's not a bad thing if you don't, I guess is the way the scientists are all explaining it. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. So uh, our next couple of questions, I believe be coming from Lila. Okay, so I have two questions. And my first question is, well, I just wanna say, I know we're like advocating for people to get the vaccine, but this question is gonna be a little bit different. 
should people be worried about the vaccine in any way? And I ask that because I know some people that I know, oh, I know people that are worried about the vaccine because it was made so quickly and like, you know, they don't have trust for the government or as like a community of color, they feel like they're being like experimented on. So what do you have to say about that? Well, the good news I would say is, um, and I think Pfizer has been probably the most transparent um, in their data from their clinical trials. And they have, I believe it was 20% of the clinical trial participants were either of uh, African-American descent or Hispanic, which is a fairly, a really significant portion of your trial. I think a lot of the discussion has been, I'd like to see people that look like me having these vaccines and feeling confident that it, they have, it, it has good results for them as in not, you know, enormous side effects, as in good efficacy. And I think the clinical trial, which had 40,000 people in it for Pfizer, and I think Moderna's was either 35 or 40. Um, I'm not as, as familiar with all the numbers from the Johnson & Johnson trial. Um, but I think they've done, a, the, the industry has done a good job at, um, and probably a better job than, than, than they've done to date in ensuring that they have a really good representation of people in the clinical trials. The other part that's really kind of exciting at this point is, I, I, I don't even know what the new numbers are. We're over a hundred million people that have gotten vaccinated. And some people say, yeah, but I wanna see it after it's been in the market for a while. Well, the truth is told is, there have been people that have been getting vaccinated for a full year at this point. Um, so we do have actually a lot of data. That's gonna be a smaller population because that would have been the early stage clinical trial participants. But you really do have um, a very large cohort of people that have at, at all different ages. The other thing that was interesting about the Pfizer trial is they had a very high percentage of their people in the clinical trials that were 65 and older, um, which is is kind of not the norm either. Um, so, um, but because they knew that the most vulnerable, some of the most vulnerable populations are the older people, they wanted to make sure that their vaccine was, was tested in that space. So um, I think whether you look at race and ethnicity, um, you know, and the diversity in the clinical trials or age, I think you've got some really good data that says to you, um, that the the vaccine tests well both in safety and efficacy which is pretty exciting thank you um we are running a little short on time so i'm going to ask my next question really fast um how do you respond to somebody who says if the vaccine isn't 100 percent effective and if we could still get COVID and still have to wear a mask what's the point of getting the vaccine you don't die is that fast <laughs> enough <laughs> yeah I, I someone has asked me that no, no, yeah, I, I think that is the, that's the truth. Even if you get COVID after the vaccine, you get a mild case of COVID. You don't end up in the hospital, in the ICU, on a respirator. I mean, even in the best case and in the worst case, you die. Um, so, you know, I, I've said, I, I, I'd like to know that my vaccine keeps me from getting it at all, but at least I want it to be a mild case if, I, if I'm one of the unlucky ones that still gets it. Great, thank you so much. You're welcome. I think not dying is is like, you know, 
hey, I'll take that if I can't, you know, have 100% no COVID. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I know that you worked, uh, I know we've hit you with a lot of kind of sciencey questions. I know you worked more in the organizational leadership uh, within Pfizer. So I do want to ask you about your, um, like, what exactly does your consulting firm do and what is, uh, you know, the COVID project? The COVID project is really, um, was founded by, um, with some Pfizer funding, and now Johnson & Johnson has joined in as well. And it's really in a very, it's run by three nonprofit leaders, um, Sue Peshin from the Alliance on Aging Research, Karen Jones for the National Coalition and Center for Black Aging, and Beth Battaglino from Healthy Women. Um, and it was really an attempt to have an aging, a multicultural, and a health practitioner's leader to really reach out and talk about vaccines and specifically COVID vaccines. So we've got a great website. Um, we'd love you to be um, to come and check it out. We'd love you to put your face up on the uh, the count me and wall. Come on, you guys, let's go. Uh, and it doesn't have to be people that have gotten only gotten the vaccine. Although the great news is there's so many more people that have gotten it we really want you to share kind of why you got it why or why you want to get it um my story was easy i have two parents you know one with cancer and one that broke her hip right in the middle of all of it you know and how do i make sure that i'm not putting my parents health at risk by making sure that i got vaccinated and so that's my reason to count me and to get the vaccine and i would just say join us join the wall it's simple put your face up and why you want to do it you know i i have a karen jones who runs the national center and coalition on black aging um and you'll tell me when i need to stop talking um but karen <laughs> has twin grandchildren um that were just born and um she wants to be able to go and help take care of them and so she and her husband you know were were calling like dialing for dollars trying to get their appointments so that they could go and take care of their family join us and tell your story and and i think the more people that get the vaccine the more people feel calm and confident that this is a good thing and it's a good thing for our country for our families for our society so um but ask questions if you have any concerns pushing the questions down and not, you know, having them fester inside of you isn't good either. So ask the questions of your pastor, of your barber, of your whoever, you know, because we need to get to herd immunity so that everybody can feel safe. Well, thank you very much. And just for those listening, uh, I believe the site is covidvaccineproject.org forward slash count me in. Yep. So definitely go and visit that page. Uh, and yeah, no, I 100% I agree. Definitely ask around, don't let those questions stay, you know, locked up inside, including, you know, organizations like Retiracy. We're here, we're here to, you know, help y'all out as well. Uh, Absolutely. We'll, we'll do the research if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Ms. McCall. You're welcome. It was really eye-opening. I learned a lot of stuff from you today. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I hope our listeners enjoyed as well. Again, I hope that uh, you've encouraged a lot of people to go get vaccinated and also to join the Count Me In website because uh, we definitely, I know that Marie has been doing a lot of our posting on Twitter uh, in conjunction with that. So that's yes. great. Thank you.
Well, thank you. And I hope that all of our listeners enjoyed today's Learn to Retire Safe with Ms. Mikulski. We will see y'all next week with another episode. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.